I have the great opportunity today to interview an amazing human being that I've had the honor, Jerry and I have had the honor to know for quite a few years, Beverly Dondale of Victoria, BC. Beverly is a Y-timer. What's a Y-timer? An individual who is waking up to their deeper why, why they exist in the world. And Beverly Dondale is also featured in the 2021 issue of Why Time Mag. We only do one issue a year now, a very special issue. And we really wanted to highlight this amazing human being and what she is moving forward in the world, because that's the theme of and the energy of the 2021 issue, moving the world forward. Hi world, I'm Angela Konkin. And I'm your why guy, Jerry Visca. Welcome to our podcast. Inspiring one million whys together. Woohoo! <laughs> so who's Jerry? Well, he's formally educated in architecture, a branding expert, author of 18 books, and today focuses all of his awesome creative energy on helping people answer the only question that matters. Why do I exist? Don't forget, love, I've also toured 11 countries inspiring thousands of people. Oh yeah, I forgot. And Angela happens to be the love of my life. Thanks, love. So, who's Angela? She's a trained life and leadership coach, but today focuses her energies not just on me, but on helping people train their brain through the power of meditation and, of course, touring the world with me on this inspiring mission of One Million Wise. Together, we're inspiring one million whys in the world. I help you ignite your deeper why, which of course I define as the world helped by you. And I help you live it, baby, by training and conditioning your mind. So this podcast is where we thought it would be cool to share more of us and the energy of this big, fat, audacious vision of inspiring one million whys. And how it all comes to life through this magical thing called why time. We'll also share how we do this together with each other, which is what I love. It's amazing. I love doing this with you, Jerry. But most importantly, this vision can only come to life together with you because we can't do it alone. And that's why we're sharing it. So thanks for tuning in. Welcome, Beverly, to this conversation today. Thank you. <laughs> so, Beverly, I'm just going to launch right in uh, because we're so pumped and energized with asking you how you are moving the film industry forward. That's your particular area in the world, particular passion. So how are you moving the film industry forward? I actually want to uh, transform Vancouver Island into a studio-based one-stop shop, one-shop-stop <laughs> location for, for studio-based filmmaking. And it's the first on the island. The concept of a one-stop shop is not entirely unique. It's very much a unique thing that what, what I am doing and why I wanted a one-stop shop is because we are going to be building on Malahat Nation land. It's going to be reserve land. So I did that on purpose 
I wanted to build on recognized Indigenous land. The reason I wanted to do that was so that First Nations would be included in the film industry. And the only way that I could figure out how that could possibly work was actually building on recognized Indigenous land. And I think, you know, you and I had that conversation and I think you said it better than I did, where, you know, by building on Malahat Nation reserve land, it makes so much sense because inclusivity would be built into the fabric of its creation. And that really is a huge part of that. And I really worked hard to figure out how that could be done. The one-stop shop came about because Vancouver Island right now is a location-based place. So people come and go. So none of the services, none of the equipment, none of that kind of stuff is here. Where we are building, there's not a hotel. There's there Well, there are, there are hotels, but not enough to work with what we want to do because we want this to create sustainable film on Vancouver Island. And I want it to be a place where we are building a sustainable crew industry as well. We're also doing it so that when we are thinking of a circular economy, which is basically creating a green studio, and we, I think, are going to be the first from the built from the ground up that is completely green with making sure that everything has a minimum environmental impact from the beginning, decarbonization, all that kind of stuff. So all of those things, but it's also creating new opportunities with the circular economy so that entrepreneurs can come in and create all these things. And, and it's really about ensuring that we change the look of film and crew so, so that we do have ethnically diverse and disabilities, people who are capable of being in film but have been, have a difficult time in entry and advancement. I love that. I yeah. just love it. I'm so inspired by your vision. I always have been from the very first day I met you, Bev. And it's so lovely to see how far it's come. Mm -hmm. This has moved forward. Despite, I remember in our interview, you saying all the people, the naysayers, the people that said it couldn't be done, the people that laughed, right? And that really is the path of every great visionary to walk, (laughs) fortunately or unfortunately, (laughs) that you have to go through that. So to see that coming to fruition, something that is so integrative, the one-stop shop, providing immense opportunities and with diversity built into the fabric of its creation. You have such a a rich, diverse background in the film industry, but why was that so important to you years ago? I think primarily it's from a lot of people that I know that have have had a really a a difficult time getting into the industry. I understand kind of what it's like to be kind of set aside, to not have an easy way of navigating life. And so I think my natural 
disposition is to always go for the underdog. I always go for the underdog. But the other part of that is the industry itself misses out so much on all of these talented people that aren't um, naturally kind of put into the industry and who are just because of not knowing the right people or maybe just people looking at them with, with some form of prejudice, just thinking that they, they're not as capable as they are. So they put some negative connotation on them. So it's really about bringing all of these people who really want to be in the film industry and have this, this incredible creative ability to up-level everything. And, I, and for, for me, it's time. You know, we all, we're all hearing about the reality of, of the imbalance, right, of females. And after doing my feasibility study, I really have those numbers to see just how off kilter the film industry is as far as males to females, Indigenous, you know, all of those types of things. So I think by opening it up, one, we're going to get a lot of new stories, One of the things is when you bring diversity in, different angles of stories come into play. So that's one. But you also have an uplifting. And for me, it's that that's the other part of this is that, you know, you lift as you climb, you lift as you climb, you lift as you climb. And I think by doing this and creating a diverse crew that is strong and talented we're really going to be creating a different face to film production. Not only do I am I excited about having a green, sustainable, and that's the way the world has to go. And I, you know, if we, what, why would we not build that right into the industry at the, the film studio as we go up and ensure that the industrial park and the shopping village and and the hotel can all do that because I think we're going to be able to show people that this can be done, that people can actually save money, that they can be proud of. And, you know, it's, it's going to be fun for people to track how much waste they diverted from the landfill, how much you know, all of those types of trackings of carbon and water bottles and the amount they save, all of those things are going to, to make productions proud to be filming there as well. Having a, div- a diverse crew is going to make productions proud to be there. Malahat Nation, it is my absolute goal for them to take over the, the film studio and have it 100% owned by them. I was chatting to some friends the other day who live in Mill Bay, which is near where the studio is. And we were talking about traffic and how long it takes to get to and fro. And as I was sitting there, I was realizing this little thing that I'm doing, not only is it going to employ like a thousand people and there's going to be all of these other things, all of a sudden it's like, huh, you know, there's going to be more float planes coming and going. There's going to be more ferries coming and going. All of a sudden, this little thing that I dreamed of, and it started small, as you know, it started off tiny, but it, it had to come to this place. All of a sudden, I'm going, this is actually going to transform the entire island in the sense of people coming and going and being able to do things. But 
there's so many offshoots that uh, of employment that people are going to have. So like, I'm proud that I've stuck to it because it's the first thing that I ever have. Any Anything in the past, I've done easy stuff. Like I've done a lot of businesses that have been hard, but they've been easy for me. Mm-hmm. And the second they got difficult, I just closed shop and walked away. And this really is the first time that I had so many challenges and the number of times that I walked around the block crying, trying to figure out how I was going to do this and often feeling very alone and, and kind of not really um, unsupported because like you, there's a lot of people that supported, but in the day-to-day grind, I always had to figure out how I was going to just keep going. And Every single thing that fell off the track, every single one, actually meant that something better was there. And so basically, I just kind of always laughed at that kind of thing. But every single time something didn't work, something better came in. And and it's been every single time. You know, as you know, with Malahat, they had seven projects at the same time as I came in and I'm the only one left. And yeah, so that, (laughs) that's pretty like they, you know, so this was meant to be, but it, it has taken kind of everything. I've had to learn a lot. I have had to figure out how to pull myself up a following morning after a devastating day and keep figuring out what, like, what is, what is the purpose of this? Why am I doing this? It, if it was just about me, I would have kicked it to the curb eons ago. We're almost there. And I just sometimes can't even believe that. I sometimes can't believe after really eight years and four years of absolute grinding, that we're almost there. Like we're now doing all of our numbers. We've looked at the land. We're actually talking about clearing the land, grading the land and pretty shocking. And it's beautiful. There's so many ways that you've just captured in that response, Beverly, about how this is moving the world of film, moving the world itself forward. Just the whole diversity inclusiveness part that is no longer a nice thing to do it's vital come on we need to build that into the fabric of everything the whole being green good for the planet that's no longer a nice thing it needs to be built into initiatives as mandatory necessary vital for humanity so i love i love that i it just it's just so inspiring why does the film industry need this? Somebody that's listening to this right now in the film industry industry in whatever capacity, and they're listening to this and going, oh my goodness, I so need to know about this studio. Why do they need this? Film is a wasteful business. It always has been. It's notorious for being wasteful. That would be the first thing. The moment somebody comes to our studio, it's zero waste. And that is something that is so contrary to production at the moment. Now, there's a lot of studios that are in the process of making those changes. And because they have to retrofit 
that that makes it difficult. So so other studios are definitely thinking of doing this, but this is something that can no longer wait until 2050. This has to be done immediately just because we're having 41 degree temperatures here in BC, something I don't remember ever having before. Right. And so and and people are seeing more and more of those types of climate changes. And so we can't wait anymore. So that's one. Two, everybody in in the film industry is talking about including diversity, ensuring that blacks and browns and, and and disabilities are in the film industry and they can navigate basically their careers, navigate their careers so that they can move up. I would say that those are the two things, really. The other thing that I want the studio to do is to be the domestic hub for Canada. So domestic filmmaking hub for Canada. Right now, it's really difficult for domestic film to to really get good quality crew. And it's because all of the feature, you know, the foreign films from the U.S. And don't get me wrong. I want every one of them. Yeah. (laughs) I want those guys. (laughs) And I want to say that really clearly. But but we want domestic film because Canada has amazing stories to tell. Indigenous filmmakers have incredible stories to tell. And so what I really want to do that is another thing that will be really interesting is by having our crew academy, we are going to be um, training crew and we'll be able to get them into domestic film. And so we know you guys want to make a a film, right? You guys want to make a film. I want to be part of that film. (laughs) So what we do is we, we get our trained crew working on your film, right? So they're not, they're not the 25 year, year veterans, but they're, they're crew that have been trained. They get to work on your set. You get the tax credit for the training, right? Because they're trainees, you get the tax credit. But the other part of that, I've heard of anybody else doing this is so if I'm new and I'm on your on your location set right so I'm in locations I'll just just do a super simple one and I'm trying to set up a location and there's a complication in the past what happens is everything shuts down slows down because they don't know what to do they don't know where to go and so they have to have like five or six for that one person because so few people know enough to be able to make it run Well, now you can have a location person who can call me up or call somebody up and say, this is the problem. This is what we need to do. So they actually have a mentor at the other end of the line. So it doesn't make your production more costly because you're you're wasting time on figuring out how these things can happen or having more crew members because one isn't enough because they need five heads to make one, right? So that's another really interesting thing. So which means that Vancouver Island then is going to be this this place where there's going to be some phenomenal stories being created. And I think that that's something that when you're looking at at studios 
I don't know that they always look at sort of domestic filmmaking because it's a bottom line kind of industry, but I think you can do both. And we have advantage of training people and giving advantages to the crew, to, to the, the domestic film that comes here to, yeah. to do all their stuff. And we have so many locations. And, you know, it being a bottom line industry, just everything you've mentioned, Beverly, it's going to be so much more cost effective for the industry. Yeah. You said it's a very wasteful industry yeah. on the green front, but it's got to be so costly and increasingly costly, uh, especially in these times to produce a film. So what yeah. I hear as well from all our conversations is your film studio is going to be a very cost-effective place for the whole world to be coming and making yeah. their movies. And you're right. The film that we, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to mention this, the film yeah. that Jerry and I would like to produce at the Malahat Film Studio, maybe it'll be the first film produced there. Yeah. That would be exciting. Who well, knows? Is based on Jerry, Jerry Visca's transformational novel, The Life I Didn't Notice. And that in itself, everything about your studio on so many multiple fronts is so inspiring. I think for us to bring this to the screen, it would be so vital and important for us to bring it to a studio that is inspiring, mm -hmm. that is inspiring change and moving the world forward. So it's not just any old studio that doesn't care about these things. I think that's just old world, world thinking, but to actually bring the life I didn't notice into production with you as co-producer, hello, hello. <laughs> to the screen at such a beautiful studio that is so inclusive, that is so caring of the world mm -hmm. would be so inspiring. So, oh my goodness, I wanted to end on that because- yeah, that's yeah. a good one to end on. Oh yeah, yeah it so I is, like it. it so yeah. is. Well, Beverly, I wanna congratulate you as the visionary for this film studio for Canada. And I wanna congratulate you and acknowledge you for having this grand vision and just staying the course with it through all the ups and downs and what all visionaries have to go through and not giving up on this because every great thing that's ever been created in this world has had that story behind it. Yeah. Right? That they had the naysayers, they had the non-believers, they were laughed and ridiculed at. This can't be done. And to see this where it's at today. I saw those pictures on social media of the land. I'm just yeah. so inspired by that. And so that's why we wanted to feature you in this 2021 issue, because you, my dear, are moving the world forward. You're moving the film industry forward, not only the film industry forward, you're moving diversity forward, you're moving the green industry forward. All of those things are encapsulated there. So I wanted to acknowledge and congratulate you. And because of who you are and our relationship with you, our belief in you, it was important for us to highlight you as the visionary of this studio. Nobody else <laughs> needs I'm to grateful. capture that title. And that's not coming from ego, 
you know, yeah. hey, look at me. That's coming from uh, a person who's done the work, been in the tr trenches and been, as you said, had to do that walk around the block sometimes to go, <laughs> can I really keep doing this, you know? So I want to end off with really acknowledging you, Beverly Dondale, as the visionary for this beautiful integrative studio that will soon be on Vancouver Island and giving so much back to the island and so much back to the First Nations people and also to Canada. So thank you so much for this interview. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Thank you.